Hi, friends. Welcome to the Rock Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Anya Rock, a woman, artist, entrepreneur, mom, and high-performance coach. I'm working on becoming the best version of myself and inspiring others to do the same. This is my invitation to you to be part of the collective shifting of consciousness. Let's choose love. Let's choose joy. And let's rock your joy one day at a time. Hi, friends. Welcome back. Today's guest is a personal connection, someone that I have known and looked up to who had a huge influence on me since living in New York City. She was one of the most influential yoga teachers that I studied with and really helped me and guided me as I was beginning my yoga practice and career. And it's been such a pleasure to watch her continue to evolve and grow in her skills and move not only from yoga teacher, but now as a master life coach. Stacy Brass-Russell is the founder of Inspired Evolution in New York City, is a master life coach and business strategist. She helps creative, passionate, growth-minded individuals move through resistance to change and use their creativity, gifts, and passions to build service-based businesses from scratch, as well as succeed and grow within their existing work and lives. Stacy holds the highest level yoga teaching certifications and has been teaching yoga for 20 years. Stacy co-founded and owned her yoga studio in New York City and has trained and mentored hundreds of certified yoga teachers. She is also a lifelong performer, having appeared on Broadway as well as all over the country in numerous commercials and voiceovers. Stacy resides in New York City with her psychoanalyst husband, Christopher, and two cats, Ella and Charmaine, and is a passionate home cook, avid theater goer, and music lover. Welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you. Hi, it is such a pleasure to have you here. Stacy and I go way back, so full disclosure, this feels like a reunion of kinds. And Stacy, I've watched you. You were one of my very first yoga teachers, taught me the fundamentals of good yoga and anatomy. And I just remember absolutely loving you and your classes and really kind of you opened the door for me. And now over the years, I've gotten to watch you evolve and really blossom into a master life coach and um, someone who helps other coaches really learn how to get into the space. Anyway, it's just an absolute pleasure to see you and to hear you and to get to hear your story. So for my audience who might not be familiar with you, give us kind of your story and your mission. Tell us about you. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you as well. Yes, we go way back. So I'm a life and business success strategist. And as you mentioned, I came from the yoga space before I became a coach, but my real journey has been that, you know, I started out as a professional actor. Right? We, mm-hmm. we share, we share a lot in common, actually. Um, and, you know, I, I never thought I was going to be anything other than be a performer for most of my life. And when I discovered yoga and did my teacher training, I really thought at that time that it was going to be a better way for me to be able to make money when I wasn't working as an actor, when I wasn't in a show. I really never enjoyed waiting tables and being a, a cater waiter. And, you know, yoga teaching unexpectedly. I mean, I when I did my teacher training, I, I knew that 
that yoga would be something I enjoyed doing, teaching yoga, because, you know, I loved creating the environment and creating the experience and, you know, picking music. And I loved, there's something very theatrical about creating a transportive experience for others. And unexpectedly, yoga really became a way for me not just to make money when I wasn't, when I wasn't acting, but I started feeling very fulfilled by, you know, being in service. And, and I, and I, it was like a discovery that such a big part of who I am is to help other people to have a better experience, uh, you know, of life. And eventually I had the opportunity to open a yoga studio, which again, like, these, this was, these were not the things that I was, they were not my goals, you know? And I thought at that time, wow, you know, here's an opportunity for me to maybe like create like something of my own and lasting, you know, for all the years I was a yoga teacher and becoming more successful. I worked for other people, um, and, and cared about their business as if it was mine, <laughs> you know? And I, and when I had the opportunity, I thought, okay, well, Maybe I should have my business and put this much love and care and attention into a business that will make a legacy for me or, you know, be something that I can have. And I did that and I opened this, this studio. Um, and I was teaching teachers how to be teachers and, you know, really, um, making yoga, yoga teaching and, and mentoring and practicing a career. And then, you know, something happened that I think happens to many people in different ways. It can happen in a work situation. It can happen in a partnership, in a, in a relationship and, you know, but the partnership in the yoga studio started to turn. It just started to have elements to it that felt unhealthy. And I'll use the word toxic. And, you know, I was almost 50 and I, I thought, wait a minute, like this is, I don't think this is my, my lot in life is to be, you know, is to do something that I show up every day feeling like I'm not in a good situation. And I don't think I have to do stay. And it was very, very challenging. But, you know, at the same time, as I was wanting to leave a business, like literally for technical reasons, I also was really feeling that I had the opportunity to work with so many individuals in the yoga realm, right? And which I call wellness, you know, and all of the students and all of the teachers and all of the people that I got to interact with for two decades. One of the things that came out of that was having so many people talk to me about what was going on with them in every area of their life, their physical bodies, all the way to like what was happening in their relationships and in their work. And, and I really, started to feel that my, what I was being called on to be more than just the yoga teacher, but to be a coach, to be, um, you know, to be a, a health, health coach and life coach. And it felt like that was what I was being asked to do. And I didn't have the, I didn't have the certification, you know, and I, I knew I could do that, but I, I felt like, okay, maybe this is a sign. And so I, did my certifications and I took this big step to change again at 50, change, leave a business, um, leave, leave what I thought was security, take another scary move, uh, financially. And, you know, I call it like disrupting, you know, disrupt, disrupt the pattern and, and make a new one. And so that's what I did. And I started my coaching practice, my business and 
quite organically, what started happening was I started attracting people that wanted to do what I've done, people that wanted to make new careers, start businesses, continue to use their gifts and their skills and their passion and their experience and translate it into what's next for them. And that ends up, you know, being a lot of the time people that begin their entrepreneurial journey. A lot of the people that I initially started working with were, for example, yoga teachers, coaches, wellness professionals, and then creatives, because that's me, right? I'm an actor and 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 it kind of evolved, you know, it's not like I set out to say, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a business coach. But I think that all of my years of being in the yoga classroom and really um, mastering the art of communicating my message, because I have very passionate feelings about what we're here to do as human beings and, and how we need to use the tools available to us to help us to, you know, to, to get through life, that was something that I didn't realize until I started doing what I'm doing, um, that that is a gift that I can help other people with, help other people to clarify their message and their mission and to really use what they love and what they have a lot to say about to create their next thing so that they can do what they feel they're meant to be doing. So that's the story. Beautiful. And you actually have a program, right? You have Evolve, is that what it's called? And you really walk people through kind of a step-by-step process for making that kind of transition. I don't want to say smooth, but you know, giving them the pathway to do that. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I created, you know, over time I created two systems, Evolve and Serve. And Evolve is what came out of, you know, I became a coach and then I thought, well, I mean, I'm doing this because I'm I want it to become an extension. I want it to be a way for me to take all the yoga, all that I've learned in 20 years about how our minds and bodies work, about connection to the universe, the philosophy, the, you know, I always say yoga is the first, it's really the first mindset practice, right? I mean, it's kind of like, that's what yoga is. And I want to make sure that I'm bringing that forward into my work as a coach. Like I want it to be clear that as a coach, I am bringing this body of knowledge and, and, and practice that I, that I feel I'm so, you know, I, I really know, um, to my clients. And so evolve, I created as a system of change to really help people to know that the practices that we, that we do, whether it's meditation, yoga, breathing, you know, d- doing positive mindset things, all the, all the things that anyone who know, who wants to be, you know, do wellness, personal growth development, that these practices can be used strategically to actually get that green light in our brains that allow us to make change because change is not something that our brains like, you know, in any way, shape or form. They don't like it when we're doing it by choice, when we're like, I want to make a big change for the better or when we have to make change, you know, when something happens. And like I already said, you know, toxic environment. I didn't, go into the business thinking I was going to leave it, but, but, you know, and so our brains don't like change. And so Evolve was what I created to show people that there's a strategy to getting that green light. And so Evolve stands for expand, visualize, observe, let go, voice, and engage. And, you know, I was just writing like an email this morning about a challenge that I'm, that I'm running coming up. 
And what I wrote in there, you know, and, and I, this is really, really true is that for all the years that I was teaching yoga, one of the things that I noticed was that everyone, not everyone, I'm not going to say everyone, but so many people that I was teaching and also my friends, people in my life walk around, you know, feeling not awesome, like doing practices, doing things, even like getting really blissed out at a yoga class and then, you know, getting up and feeling, oh, yoga makes me feel so good. But then going out into the world and still not really being able to figure out how to, how to make changes that make them, their lives feel better that, you know, and I just watched so many people not taking action. And so what I started to realize was that all of these practices are great for the inner work. They're great for going inside and being quiet. But the only way that we make change that's really, you know, that we can feel that really does something is that we have to take action. And that's really what coaching is about, right? Coaching, and you you know this, coaching is about how important it is to be able to to do something different if we want to have a different outcome. So Evolve was really created so that people could see that there's a system and the last step of it is to engage. It's like once, once you have clarity, once you know what it is that you would like, which is really important, we can talk all till the cows come home about what we don't like, right? I don't want this. I don't like this. But once we can identify what we do want, then we have to take action. And that's usually the most challenging part for us is to act on our desire to act on uh, what we know that we would like. And then the serve system is the business strategy. So that's, you know, people were coming to me and saying, how did you build a coaching business so quickly? And at first I thought, I don't know, it's a fluke. <laughs> at first I was like, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, I, you know, I don't know how to get clients. And then one of my coaches, you know, one of my first coaches was like, really, <laughs> you know, look at what you do. What do you do? And what I really started seeing was that I really was just showing up and being in service and offering tremendous value because that's just who I am. I'm someone who creates a lot of content. I do, you know, even when I was, you know, running a yoga studio, I was like doing workshops and trainings and courses, always trying to provide ways for other people to get value. Um, and that's what I was doing. And so I turned that because so many people were coming to me and asking me to help them with their business. I turned that into a system serve so that I could explain to people like these are the elements, right? You need to understand the structure of your business. You need to know your elements, which is your niche and your, you know, your, your mission and your, all of those pieces that are under, underneath. And then your resonance, like really being willing to talk about, you know, about things in a way that is going to speak to your ideal client. And then your vision for your business. We don't all have the same vision. You know, not everyone I work with wants to do what I'm doing. A lot of people I work with just want to have a nice little, you know, a little business. A lot of people are retiring and, and then your, um, S-E-R-V and then E, your expertise, how to really, how to really step into what you do and, you know, show up as an expert. So, yeah, so those are the systems I created so that I could support people to make those changes and, you know, to see themselves in possibility. Because if we don't see ourselves in possibility, then we can't, we can't take action on anything or, or, or start a business, for example. Right. 
No, I love the way and what you said. I just want to go back to you that you said, you know, really bringing your decades of experience and work in yoga, because I do think that is such an intricate and intimate part of, you know, obviously bringing your strengths, but then such a valuable part of what we do as coaches. And to be able to say it's not just, you know, an add on, but it's a foundation of being able to. I'll use your words, give your your mind the green light. I talk about on this podcast a lot about meditation and breath work and my morning routine, like it's the rock of my day. It's not a just because, it's a so that I can, so that I can show up, that I can still be here despite whatever is happening in life that allows me to be here, to be present, right? And to be able to say, whoa, how am I feeling today? What's happening in this instrument. You also have talked a few times about, and I love this, I immediately, you know, I remember it, you talked about kind of resetting, like we do our iPhone, right? Our, our system upgrade, that it's so fundamental. And I, you know, I was, I think that's such a great analogy and such an important one. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So to upgrade our operating system and, you know, I mean, you know, me for many years, you know, when I, and and I was always a vinyasa yoga teacher, you know, I, I love the flow. I, um, you know, I always taught very, you know, strong physical classes. With great music. <laughs> great music. I love to move, you know, and I love uh, the, the active yoga practice, but very early on in my yoga teaching, I really became fascinated and then committed to the practice of restorative yoga. I've, I've trained so many teachers on how to be restorative yoga teachers, which is the, the yoga practice. It's still a physical practice, but it's the practice where, where we, we shift into our parasympathetic nervous system so that we can truly go into relaxation, which is not the same as sleeping. And that became one of my sort of, you know, whatever you want to call it, signature sort of, you know, like I became known for for restorative. I taught restorative yoga every single week, um, you know, for all the years that I was teaching. And I really learned at that time. And what I tried to help other people to know is that your nervous system, which is your up, it's our operating system, right? Like <laughs> our nervous systems need to be restored slash upgraded. And whereas our phones and our computers and, you know, our devices, we get a signal, you know, we get a message, right? It's time to upgrade. Do you want to upgrade, right? It comes out, the company puts it out, we click a button, we restart and yay, we have a new operating system. And what does that mean? Well, we have more space. We have more room. We have, you know, things are going to function better. They're, they're, you know, they're not going to be as slow. And if you think about our systems, we slow down, we get burdened, we start accumulating way more than we can handle and we, and things get heavy. And we know when we start feeling that way, we, our, our thoughts get low, our energy goes down and we do feel it. We start to feel. And sometimes that, that is something that happens to us just from living in the world. And we've got to do our own upgrades. Nobody's coming around tapping us on the head with a magic wand being like, you're upgraded, you know, so we have to do it ourselves. Yeah. And I think we miss the signals, right? So often we miss those, those signals that, that are saying, it's our bodies saying it's too much. It's too much. You got to slow down and you need to rest. And 
It's so interesting. I think that's such a theme that we've talked about here with so many of my guests is that self-care or restore restoration, you know, just taking that time to rest and power down and kind of reset is somehow what we think of it as a luxury. We think of it as like after everything else gets done, then I can do that. Mm-hmm. It's a reward. We think of it as a reward. Mm-hmm. We have to earn it somehow. Right. And then you and I were talking not a, not about it in the same way, not necessarily about like self-care, but we were also talking earlier just about the fears that come up when you decide to take a break or slow down or, you know, or say, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to do this for a week or whatever it is. And, you know, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you, you know, and love your work, you know, but there's so many fears that come up too. And I think that those same things come up even for, I'm just going to be totally transparent, even just in a daily basis. If I like, you know, I, I've, <laughs> there are some mornings lately that I've been like, I need to take a bath right now. You know, it's 930 in the morning. I'm like, I just want to take a bath 20 minutes, but I know it's going to make me better for the day rather than thinking of the bath as something I get to do at nine o'clock at night. But if I do it in the morning, and even when I do that, I do, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I hope this is okay. But you know, I made this decision, an empowered decision. And then I still know that it creeps in where I'm like, I should be you know, I should be doing things before I start with my clients or things like that. Yeah. And one of the things I was sharing before was that in this big transition, right? And it's perfect because you really help people through these transitions is there's such a, a, you know, so many fears come up, but one of the fears that's come up for me, I've really been trying to be clear and be present in my actual life, which means I'm a little less present in my marketing and social media and you know, in that other world. And I've had to really self-coach myself through that and recognize that there, you know, being in the essence of who I am matters more than being in that stream of show up, you know, and, and it's important. It's not to say as business owners and entrepreneurs, you know, I also like you, I mean, this podcast and bringing value and having these conversations is, fills me. I love it. I love being in this space. But I notice in myself, you know, the sort of guilt and a little bit of um, fear that, oh gosh, like well, maybe people will forget or I'll just kind of fall off of their radar if I stop showing up. And of course, that's not true. Nor does it matter as much as being present for my family and, you know, especially my kids as we go through this huge transition. And I just am focused so much on the transformation, I always said this the other day, and now it's kind of my mantra is like, this is, and I'm moving, right? So moving state, but it's more than just a geographical change. It's an opportunity for transformation. But I have to be in it. I can't just be, you know, like the the captain of the boat isn't like coaching his sailors while he's throwing water off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's got to like be in it. And then later I'll have, you know, stories to tell about the process. Yeah but it comes up for all of us. I I definitely think that it comes up for all of us. I think that the, especially the journey of being an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, I think that one of the things that's the most challenging is 
is kind of like the not knowing until you give yourself the experience, right? So there's sort of, when I say the not knowing, I mean, we have so much fear of, well, if I give myself this time of transformation, if I give myself this time of rest, if I give myself this time to just do something else, you know, not literally drop my business, but, you know, <laughs> focus on on other things that I want to make happen. Well, what if I take a little bit of time and then we start doing those scenarios and everyone forgets about me or, you know, I lose all my momentum or, you know, my Facebook group dies, <laughs> you know, whatever. And, you know, those what ifs are the things that the, I'm working through that. Like, so that's my version, right? Is just that sort of what if, I mean, you know, I, we can't coach on what ifs. So the first thing is to presence, but then the next thing that I do, and I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but it's what I try to do is switch from the what if to I wonder. Cause it's the same question, but it's like, what if sounds like, you know, but what if, what if? And then we're just looking for this, for the negative, you know, the what if is like all the worst case scenarios. And the I wonder puts us into a state of curiosity where we say, I wonder what might become more possible for me if I give myself this time. And if I shift to I wonder and I'm curious, then I can shift it away from my business and go, but I wonder what becomes more possible for like for Stacy. I wonder what becomes more possible for Stacy and Christopher. I wonder what becomes more possible for my relationship to time. I wonder what becomes more possible for what I could create next. Like what, you know, and so it's just this, it's a, it's sometimes it's the words, right? It's just the words that can make such a huge difference in terms of how we're sort of, what lens we're looking through. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know you did some courses in June where you were bringing mindset and yoga back together in new ways. I mean, I always love seeing, I'm like, oh, Stacy's and virtual, right? It's given us a whole new platform. How do you see bringing those together going forward? I mean, I think this powerful, I always have to remind myself, and I think every time we have these conversations, I am reminded, this is daily, right? This is never work that's done. This is not a, a well, got there, I'm I'm there. The mindset work is so fundamental. And with your rich history in yoga and the body, like how do you see bringing those together or do you in the future? Yeah. So the pandemic hit and what I didn't really have a lot of interest in was like starting to teach five yoga classes a week on Zoom, you know? So I didn't do that. And I, I taught a couple of classes here and there people got excited about, you know, oh, I can take a class with Stacey. And, but it's taken me this whole year to really figure out like, what does this look like for me to not, no longer be someone who goes to a yoga studio? Cause I don't even think when the world opens up, listen, I don't even know what studios are going to open back up right now. And, and to be honest, teaching at the studio that I had created that, that felt like in alignment for me, but I don't see myself going out and trying to get yoga classes in lots of studios or anything. And so I was like, well, what does this look like for me? So your question is so relevant and of the moment for me, because that's what I've been doing. That's what I've really been figuring out. Um, and what it is looking like is having programs that I run courses. Um, I have one, you know, that I'll be running this summer. Um, courses and programs and moving toward what I will be calling Evolution Academy so that 
I can have things that give people the uh, the experience of having transformation, personal growth and development, um, working on their businesses, and where I am integrating into that. Not only because, you know, yoga to me, and I know to you is not just the actual physical classes. It's also the philosophy. It's the, you know, it's, it's, it's all of, of what makes yoga, yoga. It's the, for me, it's the integrating of that and adding in some yoga classes virtual so that my programs include yoga, not as like a side thing, like, oh, it just so happens I happen to teach yoga, but as one of the tools that I am helping people to see that the yoga practice is one of the practices that helps us to really create that, that mind body, you know, transformation and to really be able to affect our mindset in a way that we can show up and be the people that we want to be and do the things that we want to do so that we can have the lives that we want to have. So that's really where I am right now is I'm really feeling that yoga fits into all of this for me as an important tool that I share with other people and say, hey, this is actually one of the ways that you get to really experience mind. But, you know, I'll just say this, the way you get that green light, you know, it's, it's a full body experience. It, it's your nervous system. It's your energetic body. It's your, you know, alignment of the physical body is not just so that you're doing things correctly and don't injure yourself, but it's also how you align your inner body so that you can actually get to those deepest parts of yourself, your, your true self, your consciousness, you know, your, 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 deep inner knowing you need to be in alignment to get to those places. You can't, you can't be out of whack in your body, not doing anything and then expect to have these deep awarenesses of your truth (laughs) and of your purpose. Right. Well, and like you said before, how do we take that blissed out yoga feeling and like spread it out in our life? So it's not just once a week after Stacy's class, but it's like, how do I, awaken that bliss daily and know how to live in that space instead of, as you said, not feeling that great. Yeah. And then trying to figure out how to, you know, only have that once a week that we can access that when we're in alignment. Absolutely. And that we see that as the state from which to then take action. It's not the end result. It's not the end point, right? The bliss and the Zen and the feeling like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm connecting to, you know, that's not the end result. That's actually the end result of the practice. And then it becomes the beginning of how, what are you going to do with that? How are you going to use that to actually be, be able to show up and take action? One of the most influential books for me was a book called The Passionate Mind by Joel Kramer. One of the things that he talks about in the book is he says, Yoga is not meant to be a removal of yourself from the world. It's not meant to give you a way out. It's not meant to put you in some sort of like bubble with blinders on where you get so, you know, I'm having inner peace. So I don't want to let anything disturb me. I'm not going to let anything in. Right. And sometimes I think people mistake the practices as that they're meant to sort of like, put a barrier between you and the world. I'm just going to go into my own little inner peace and I don't want negativity. I don't want anyone to bother me. And you know what Joel Kramer says in the book is he's like, 
that's so unrealistic. Like there's no such thing as living in the world without conflict. The world just is conflict. It's just, and I don't mean conflict like to the extent only of like wars and horrible atrocities, but I mean, every day we face conflict. And what Joel Kramer says in the book is he says, yoga is meant to prepare you to be able to to see clearly and to know exactly like who you are and, and, and what choices you want to make so that you can go out into the world. You're here to step into conflict. You're here to step into the, the, the activity. You're not here to stay on the sidelines. And, you know, to me, that was one of the most transformative ways of seeing and it has influenced and informed me for two decades. Um, and that's what I try to explain to others is I try to say, like, if you're seeking life where nothing bothers you, if you think that's inner peace, if you think that's like the goal, you're going to be really disappointed because every day you're going to wake up and go, oh, my God, nothing's working. It's not working. I'm I'm failing at at my inner peace. But that's not what inner peace is. You know, it's like it's knowing how to get to a place within yourself where you can be not only okay, but more than okay, showing up for what's happening. And what's happening is inevitably always going to be that there's going to be some sort of something to negotiate, we'll call sure. it. Sure. Yeah. And we just don't get stuck on it, right? When we're in a space of that awareness, we'll call it, we we don't grab onto the story. We're able to just, as my, I remember a friend used a surfing analogy, like you just let the wave pass. Yeah. Right. And we're much more equipped to do that with these practices. Absolutely. Beautiful. So I think I know the answer to this question because we had a little chat before, but tell me these days, what is bringing you joy? So, well, look, I'm going to tell you that these days, what is bringing me joy is, well, first of all, um, you know, I have a lot of joy. Just, I really do feel very grateful that I, I love where I live. I love New York City. I love my apartment, <laughs> you know, and I, I really do wake up every day in my bedroom and think, I'm so lucky. So, so it brings me a lot of joy. My husband and our two cats. Um, another thing that brings me great joy is that I just got a car for the first time since I was 20 years old. I'm 52 years old and living in New York City. It's not something that you, that you think is, it's a hassle, you know, it's a, it's either an expense or a hassle. <laughs> and so neither of those things had felt like I could take that on. And then I'm just so happy right now that, that we, we got to a place where, you know, and I'm going to say I manifested it because, and I don't like to use manifestation, like it's magical, but I really started visualizing that this was something that felt really important for me, for like, for my feeling of freedom to uplevel my lifestyle and I really had to step into the, the, the worthiness and the deservability that like, that I could do this. And so we did it. So that's great. And you know, another thing that brings me great joy is being able to take advantage of my city. I live here. I live here to go to theater and to go to restaurants and to go to shows. And obviously during the pandemic, that was not happening. And. Right now, you said, what's bringing you the greatest joy right now? They'll tell you the greatest joy right now is all of the tickets that are waiting now that I was able to buy just in the last few weeks. Um, and knowing that I have all of these wonderful things coming up to be going to concerts and to be going to theater. And 
um, and to be seeing people and, you know, so, so there's a lot of joy right now. Um, and, and a big part of it is, is the city, um, getting to come back to life. Um, it means so much to me. I, I really am a, I really am the quintessential New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) And New York is, it's a special place and it's, it is beautiful to see it come back to life. I can't wait to get back and experience it. Yeah. We can't wait to have you. And see you in person. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your story and your wisdom and just your beautiful message with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. What a nice way to connect with you. My pleasure. If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and want to share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore rock your joy. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.